Welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. My name is Austin Chadwick and co-host is Chris Lucian. And today we're uh, very excited to have Don with us to hit a, a bunch of great topics, um, including uh, Mavis Operandi, uh, uh, mob for hire concepts. So kind of this brainstorming on, uh, you know, could, could there be a mob for hire? And also Teal and Rust. So we got a lot of great things lined up. Uh, before jumping into those, Don, do you mind giving us a little introduction to yourself? Sure. Thank you for having me. What can I say? I'm, I've freelanced software for a while, maybe eight years. And from a more uh, web uh, background, but now I'm, I'm much more into Rust. Yes, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm a, a husband and I'm an Israeli in Thailand more than three years nice nice right on yeah and so thank you for doing the time zone difference here we're spanning the globe with this episode so uh coming all the way from thailand and uh i think the way we first uh became aware of each other was that you started uh this uh, mob programming meetup on rust under the name of uh, i'm probably going to say the name wrong again uh mobis operandi uh, and I, we love the pun by the way um so what was the genesis of this uh of this meetup for you this pun is is almost a, a wasted uh, pun. I'm not sure how large this uh, little community that I founded is going to be, but this pun is like one one of the good ones. Mobus operandi. Well, I wanted to st to study uh, Rust uh, with uh, with Mob because I, Mob for me is is a lot. It's I discovered that I don't. It's it's very difficult for me to, you know, to be sustainable. In in as a software developer, sitting alone, writing code, figuring figuring things out. It's you know I love the profession, but this format is just. You know I I can't do it for long, and you know people talk about fatigue and. And, bur and burnout and I, I I had that and you know if I so I discovered pair programming and later mob programming and it's so much so much better for me and I, I enjoy every moment of of doing that in whatever context so I found some people to study rust with just for myself and um, it grew a little bit beyond that. Now there are four uh, groups on four different schedules and I participate in two of them. So I managed to study at least two hours of uh, Rust in mob format uh, every day, almost every day. That's nice. Yeah, and I think I find that fascinating. It's just like, Hey, I want to learn, and so the first mode move to is let's let's find people to mob with to learn. You know, I think that's fantastic. And uh, um, at least for me, um, I'm not very familiar with Rust. Uh, so, what what led you into the Rust world, and uh, uh, what what does Rust mean to you? I suppose. <laughs> so, having come from JavaScript, which is very loose, relaxed language, it, it kind of lays 
on his back thinking, yeah, you know, write whatever code you like. I'll, I'll handle it later. And uh, <laughs> that's how it uh, also tends to be in runtime. You know, you can imagine. No, no, uh, no compile time type checking and things like that nothing. that might yeah. occur in Rust. <laughs> oh, occur a lot in Rust. Yes. So I kind of um, well, that's not the only thing that Rust has go going for it. You know, that's it, it. It is strictly typed. Mm -hmm. It also has um, this rather unique compile time checking concept called borrow checking. Um, if you did, and well, I didn't, I did not come from that, that background, but I understand that in uh, C like languages, there are these things called references and you, you could you know, make a value, make a reference for it, pass that around to different places, maybe even in the context of multiple threads and well, you better make sure yourself that that reference is is valid as long as things you know have it because if it does if it's not valid then uh something tries to use it you're in big trouble mm -hmm. and uh those languages don't, you know, don't do much. Maybe there are other tools that are used to check these things, but uh, Rust has built-in support for that. Very cool. Uh, so, when within Mobus Operandi, uh, you're getting together to learn Rust. Um, is, is anybody using Rust kind of in that that full-time environment. I know that you know some libraries that I like to use in Python actually are written in Rust. Um, so that's that's when I've used Rust libraries in the past. But um, I guess uh -huh. you know uh, what has the learning led to? Or, or you know, is anybody using it more now that they've done these mobs? Um, or maybe are there any observations that you have regarding mob programming and working in Rust that might be interesting to the audience? Well, I don't know if anyone's really, you know, had some life changing or uh, life improving uh, results from this. Um, we've been doing this for four to five months now. And well, for one, th for one, Rust maybe a, a excellent candidate for 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 mob because of its inherent uh you know difficulty learning absolutely <laughs> so i i feel like we're, we're getting a lot of benefits from mob in this and and i i see it because i'm there i see it you know people when you know and i I having passed the initial, you know, kind of steep hill in in studying Rust, and I explain these concepts to 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 others, and, and I see. I don't know what they would have, uh, how they would have coped with the, with these difficulties on their own, and I'm sure there are so many people out there trying to to learn, not only Rust, but many difficult 
things, many challenging things, and maybe documentation or whatever things they're, you know, getting for themselves, books or whatever, maybe they're, maybe they're not the best at explaining these concepts, or maybe they're not the best for the way that these particular people think. Mm. Mm. So maybe you got the wrong book for yourself. Uh, you know, but you know, so it would work in mob very differently, right? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I think that when you're in a mob, you have this idea, you can bounce ideas off of people. And then also you can get real-time verification from other people that are learning at the same time. So one thing that I observed when no one knows what's happening uh, in a mob is that some people will say, I think it works like this. And, and another person will say, no, I, I actually don't think it's working that way. I think it's this. And that back and forth is invaluable because um, you're, you're not only solidifying the idea in your mind, but you're kind of working through everybody's interpretation of what just happened. Um, and I just, I really like seeing that um, when in a mob, uh, you know, so, so uh, you said that th this group meets up often. Um, you know, I, I often advocate for people to join some sort of software development community to kind of expand their skill set. Um, you know, do you have any maybe interesting observations from your time starting the group and, and maybe trying to get it out there? Do you have any advice for somebody that would want to do something similar to what you've accomplished? Definitely. Um, well, first, don't underestimate the, the, the amount of time that it takes to, to reach out and, and organize. Um, probably depending on what, what you're reaching out for. I found that apparently uh, people, you know, mature, responsible people who uh, have the tendency to show up for, for things and are, have an interest in a language such as Rust um, and also have an interest in, in studying it in a mob format they, you know, they, they're not easy to find, especially if they have available time. Um, so that, that's one. Another thing is, you know, try, try to put people in, in kind of a, a, there cannot be a range too large of, of skill set in, in one mob. Uh, of of participants, mm. um, you know, put the beginners with the advanced ones, then the advanced ones uh, they they get bored. Um, but there, there, I did find a little bit of a way around this, that if a beginner shows up and they want you know this particular schedule, but it's a, it's of a more of, of an advanced group then they could participate as, um, well, and a non-participant, just a, an observer. Mm. And some people, they do that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm even thinking of streaming this, it, well, at least the, the ones that I participate in live on Twitch or YouTube. Yeah. And I think there, there have been a few uh, live streamed either pairs or, or mobs. And um, 
I think it's been valuable to people who have never ha actually had the experience before. And especially if, you know, Rust, I think is um, maybe a more esoteric language. And, uh, and so I think that uh, there, there, there likely would be particular interest in languages like Rust um, uh, or maybe like Elixir, I think is, is another one that I might put in a, a similar category where um, they're super valuable languages, mm -hmm. but they're very rare to find people practicing them out in the wild. And it's, it's an interesting paradigm because, um, you know, this, this library that I mentioned earlier about uh, Python using Rust, it, they went from a, a, I think a C++ library to a Rust library and they had like a thousand percent performance <laughs> increase or something it's just abnormal. Um, and I just, I, I found that really interesting. Uh, and so even though they're difficult, difficult languages to work with, or especially like people that are considering like alternative languages for embedded programming, um, you know, I, I think that that would be a great idea um, for sure. And I think there would be an audience for it. And I, I'll throw in there that uh, any, I, I love this whole idea mob to learn. That's kind of like their genesis, like, hey, I want to learn Rust. I want to do it. It leads to some really fun mobbing sessions where instead of like you have competing ideas on how to do things, it's like everyone's trying to figure it out. So everyone's a researcher, everyone's Googling stuff, and you have this queue of experiments, and it can be really fun. Um, and, uh, you know, one question I like to ask people who do these uh, mob meetups is uh, what's your, you know, a startup I hear is, is tough. Like you have, you're in a remote meeting, boom, there's three or four people and they're all getting started for the first time with mobbing. Like what's your tool chain? How do you get them rolling? You know, what's your, what's your particular go-to for that uh, to get the mob going? <laughs> well, I, I remember doing that. Uh, I'm not at that point anymore. It's been a while since that happened. You know, oh, okay. usually, <laughs> I mean, a group and they're, some newcomer occasionally it just take it slow mm. and uh, make sure that you know tell everyone that you know it's okay um, get your environment together especially since we're um, using the mob.sh tool, that's the domain. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that means that everyone are, are using their own uh, environment. So it, it can take a, a while and it's important that it's, it's, it's fun and no one feels that they're, you know, that some, something is wrong because of them. Mm. You know, make them feel everything is this is normal we this uh, we are here as as a mob to let you know everything you need to know to help you get set up that this is our role now nice nice well uh this might be a good transition time but i mean you know we'll, we'll put links in the show notes if you want to join uh don doing some uh rust um different time zones so we'll we uh, shout out, call to action the audience to join in on his mobs. Um, but uh, let's transition to the next topic. So um, one of the topics on here was mob for hire. So I, I feel like this would be kind of like a fun uh, discussion on, you know, let's hypothetically think of what it would be like to have a, a mob for hire consultancy. It sounds very nefarious, right? Uh, nefarious, but... Uh, <laughs> um, mob for hire. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what, what were your thoughts here? What's, what's kind of your, uh, your thoughts to get the brainstorming going? <laughs> Mop is, is very, it's very young and I feel it's, it, you know, like, like all good things that, you know, enter the world and find popularity. It's, it's usually seems to be exponential growth. So, you know, entrepreneurial people, uh, if you're out there listening, get, get on this wave <laughs> and use the mob name uh, because it seems to be the one that's uh, getting more popularity in your marketing. I mean, that's that's kind of the the aspect I'm. I actually spoke today with with uh, with a person, you know, a developer, and he, he said he he knew uh, a similar uh, concept before, um, but it didn't have this mob, you know, marketing to it. He, he knew a group of people who were a group of developers for hire, and you know they got paid. Uh, probably a daily basis and you know you they didn't do long contracts with you know this all this uh, uh, it, so it's it's kind of more of, of an agile approach you know hire us we'll we'll do your work well I'm thinking of a, a similar thing but it's a mob if you approach a company who appreciates a company that appreciate appreciates mob they have maybe some mob teams and you tell them you know you're trying to, everyone's trying to expand. And we've got this thing already going on here. Just, you know, hire us. Yeah, and it, it's, uh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. I was gonna say, it would, be, it would be pretty interesting. And I wonder if there would be takers. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think that uh, there are definitely situations where um, a company would want uh, a high level of scrutiny on you know something especially like refactorings i think would be a really great place for that um because uh, it's it's a discussion of quality it's, it's it's producing high levels of quality and i i almost think like combining the idea of streaming the mobbing session with the mob to hire of like you know, I, I, one way for that group to market themselves is to do videos on mobbing refactorings and then just say, hey, you could hire us uh, at any time. And it could be a really strong um, uh, value proposition because uh, they can see the quality of the work that comes out and the process and what they would be paying for. And it would just be something that you can kind of like drop into place. So, I, you know, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it, it, it could very well work. But yeah, the appreciation for mobs. So um, I'm trying, I'm, I'm always trying to grow my list of companies that mob uh, on, on Trello that I, that I keep that board. And, um, and so, but that, that, that list is still growing. It, it, you know, it's not necessarily, it, it's big, but it's not, um, I think I, I still see people saying what's mob programming sometimes. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it's, I, I think there will be some critical mass that, that we will reach one day that, um, you know, we'll start seeing a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
maybe it's under the same stream of thought as um, there's certain companies that are really public about their practices, right? Um, you know, they write books, they speak at conferences and it's front and center, like their practices and how they do things is like their selling point for, you know, them as a company. Um, and uh, yeah, and I, I could definitely see that, you know, um, once there's, like you said, a certain quality, uh, a certain desire for quality or a certain desire for um, flow efficiency, I could see, right? You know, and so instead of, I, I'm not a marketing person, so I'm not sure how what the what the front page would look like for this hypothetical uh, mob for hire team. But you know, so it'd be like you know, instead of you know waiting for approvals, you know, the team will get it done together now, right? <laughs> right, because it's it's uh, reviewed as it's done, right? So you get high scrutiny, high high flow efficiency, yeah, something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts? I mean, you know, there's a ton of different directions to go with this if someone were to actually consider this, but uh, yeah, any, any other thoughts on this one, Don, before maybe changing topics? <laughs> Perhaps the front page could have a, a theme of, of, of kind of a noir um, <laughs> downtown mob, uh, you know, fedora hats and this kind of a monotonic color theme. And you know, cigar smoke rising, mob for hire. <laughs> yeah, you know, hire us. I think um, we'll, we'll get the job done. Yeah, <laughs> I think also working on open source because so like you know, getting that out there. One one option would be uh, there are a lot of companies that that will reinvest into open source and, you know, often they'll use open source and then, and then some portion of their employees will go and work on those open source libraries. And so uh, it could be an interesting way to get involved in inside the open source economy, um, you know, and, and, you know, stream development of the open source work that then goes into the code base. And then maybe that gets uh, attention there too. So there's, there's, you know, a lot of, uh, really cool options. Um, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that picture you painted, Don, of uh, uh, what was funny is a, a previous place I worked at when we first started experimenting with mobbing, everyone who was in the early adopters experimental group to try mobbing, I took one of those pictures and then put their faces in all the mobsters. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, cool. Well, let's jump to the last one. Um, Let's talk about Teal and why, why you know, a Teal organization is uh, uh, something that's attractive to you. Um, you know, what is it about Teal? Uh, maybe, maybe for a quick definition for our audience, what does uh, Teal mean to you and why is it attractive? Well, in this industry, I never, I was never employed. I was always freelance. And where I was uh, freelancing for, it it was it always felt like you know very very open environment um, where I could where I could be myself bring myself speak freely and bring my ideas my creativity and um, and that's that's where I would like to to find myself always in that kind of, of an environment where there's safety and uh, and you know people can bring themselves and that's what I feel 
teal is about teal is uh, and this is uh, this what all I know about teal is from this book I'm reading it's called reinventing organizations it's they've it's based on a lot of re research into organizations and um, looking at the history of the organization well the, the kinds of organizations or the you know the mentality the how people work how the organization is structured how people think and feel in an organization how uh, authority is um, you know dispersed or disseminated in an organization all of these things and they, they've kind of tracked the history of how this uh, began from you know very early roots of ancient uh, forms of organization and, and, and until today. And they've kind of noticed this pattern evolving toward something. And that's something they call it teal. Mm. So um, what are some of the principles inside teal organizations? Is it, um, you know, I think there are things like self-management and things like that, but, um, you know, how, uh, I guess, what have you seen or, or how, how have you been um, experimenting with, you know, teal ideas, of, you know, those sorts of things? Is there, is there anything that comes to mind uh, regarding maybe application of your learnings, those sorts of things? I'm, it, it feels like where I would naturally, uh, you know, belong. Um, so, you know, I never had to experiment or it's, it's kind of like, you know, I, I read this, I, I'm reading this book and, and I'm thinking, well, you know what, I don't know how people manage to bring themselves to work every day working in an organization. It's not like this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, the the traditional hierarchy can feel oppressive, and uh, redistributing um, the uh, the way that an organization uh, conducts itself can um, can can help alleviate those problems. Uh, I think uh, one thing that I, you know, that I like about it is, is kind of this idea of like evolution of the organization is kind of a primary concern and that um, the organization is treat more, treated more like a biological organism than like a, a hierarchical tree mm -hmm. um, of, you know, command and control, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, and, <clears throat> you know, I think I, I largely align with that um, and and try and find good ways to, um, to make sure that people are treated as peers and that the organization can evolve uh, given its surroundings and its surrounding context. Yeah, and, and it's interesting for me because, and maybe this is an implicit assumption that I've carried for the last four years. <laughs> and for me that my experience of mobbing is very teal version of mobbing, right? And it and 
it's hard for me to think of a version of momming that's not teal, but you can, you can envision it, right? One where, you know, it's all the right, brilliant minds, same place, same computer thing going on, right? But it's more command and control and they're being handed tasks and they have no liberty on what tech stacks they use or, you know, maybe they don't have extreme ownership to change their process, right? And so it's more like, you know, you're, 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 the amount of self-organization and freedom is greatly hampered in you. And so um, it seems to me that mobbing flourishes in a teal type mindset, right? Or else you're a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, uh, the brain power is to waste, right? Because you have a, a group of people who are realizing like, well, if we adjusted this, we, we could automate this and then save all this time. And, you know, and let's change our tech stack from this to this for this part of the pr uh, product or, um, and so, um, I think for me, uh, the, the kind of high levels of liberty and self-organization, I've been operating that way so long that I, I'm probably spoiled. I'm not sure what it, I, I'm not sure if I can remember what it would be like to work any other way. <laughs> um, and, and I wonder, I wonder, this makes me wonder too, if mobbing doesn't work well in some places because they're not teal. So it's like around, what's the, what's the saying? round peg square hole or whatever vice versa uh, <laughs> um yeah i don't know that's from my mind can you imagine yeah a a mob going like well sir if you don't mind me uh suggesting perhaps just perhaps we can uh try Take a look at this from a, a little bit of a different uh, perspective. You know, this kind of level of uh, cautiousness. Oh, right. In mob. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I mean, no disrespect to the current uh, implementation. It's very well written, very well written. Uh, but perhaps, uh, you know, I've noticed this pattern. You know, it doesn't get you very far, does it? Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, in order for any organization to, to operate well, I think feedback needs to flow freely, um, and and definitely in a very uh, you know I think you can still be deferential and give feedback, but um, but yeah, I, the model doesn't lend itself very well to these uh, inflows and outflows of of feedback and and adjustments to. Uh, the, the surrounding, um, you know, but I've also, you know, I have heard of organizations doing mob programming where they assign people and based on their role and their level of experience, they're put together with other people based on what they need to accomplish. And there's kind of an orchestrator. Uh, and, and I've heard of that happening. It, it's a pretty interesting uh, concept. Um, you know, not necessarily anything I've experienced before, but it's, uh, um, you know, that's the opposite end of it, but, you know, and, and that's the, that's an interesting thing too, because I think a lot of people are taught to manage and manage in a hierarchical way. And, and maybe they just, you know, haven't ever seen another way of, of doing management. And so, you know, I think it, it is a little bit of like, just understanding that there are other possibilities for how a team um, is managed, how they're addressed, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so uh, Teal also makes me think of another thing um, where it's really um, 
concerned and it places high value on wholeness and people, you know, becoming their best selves and bringing their whole selves. And, uh, you know, I feel like there's a tie into mobbing there too. Um, what do you think, Don? Well, like we said, mob seems to be kind of a, a teal, uh, dependent or teal enabled activity uh, even though you know sometimes and i think i think i've yes i've heard the story in your podcast in this podcast uh, about some company who had uh, uh, a, a an a, a, it was kind of a dysfunctional company and but they had in some hidden hard to find room they had a, a team that actually um more agile and, and functioning mm. and so you know don't be discouraged you know try to get your way if you want to introduce a uh, mob and it, it's not a very teal environment you know that everything involves in you know small steps at a time nice nice yeah and I, i've seen it before too um I think I've seen it in small ways with a lot of people, but then certain individuals come to mind who are very uh, excited about how that they've grown as a person a lot from mobbing. You know what I mean? They've grown in social skills and um, they've grown in their technical skills. They've grown in a lot of ways and very appreciative of the mobbing experience. And, you know, obviously that's not for everyone. Some people might have the opposite reaction to uh, the more social aspect of it, but I've definitely seen that uh, quite dramatically. So I think that has some good synergy with you. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, I think that uh, this is a good place to, to kind of close it out. And um, so uh, Don, uh, do you have anything that you'd like to plug and share plug or share? I know that there's uh, obviously the uh, Mobus operandi uh, group. Um, anything else before we close out the episode? Yes, um, if you'd like to study Rust, in you know, find us Mobus Operandi. Link in the description. Uh, we, you know, we have multiple different groups, and uh, who knows how big it'll get by the time you listen to this episode. Um, you can find me. My uh, handle is Mighty I Am everywhere. Sounds good, and. Uh... So to our audience, um, you know, if you know somebody trying to learn Rust or uh, maybe somebody's struggling with the, the, the way that their organization is currently organized, uh, you may want to recommend this and share this episode to them. And, uh, you know, please be sure to like and subscribe and hit the notification bell and all that. And then uh, thank you, Don, for joining us. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. See you, everybody. Thank you very much. Been a pleasure.